Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome in to another episode of The Calvary Cast. Powerful, man. That was powerful. That was powerful. Powerful, powerful introduction. And as my usual arrangement, I don't know what I'm going to say until I start talking. Even then, I don't know where I'm going. I'll uh, Michael Scott. <laughs> yeah. You'll just start a sentence and just see where see it goes. See where it goes. That's right. Well, I'm Graham, and you are Jess, and we are back. Another episode, episode 82 this time. And, uh, yeah, we've got a... A real doozy. A real doozy of a topic today. And by that, we don't... Not, like, not mockingly doozy. No, that's a big... But it's a big topic we're going to try and uh, tackle. We're not known on this podcast for, like, uh, responding to cultural conversations very much. Right. We don't really do that. That's not really our... There's a lot of the people that do that better than we do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and we listen to those people and glean from them greatly. Uh, but today we are going to kind of tackle a cultural issue. Uh, not because we have anything really to... Do you think we have anything to add to this? I don't think so. No. And but, largely this is coming because it's June Pride Month yes. and we recommended a, a good, helpful resource for that. Yes. So, so that's kind of the springboard, right? That's the springboard, right. We recommended... Uh, gender Ideology, What Do Christians Need to Know by Sharon James for our book of the month, and it uh, flew off the shelves like hotcakes. Mm-hmm. I think the first week they were all gone. And uh, so this is obviously a very pervasive issue in our culture and uh, something that people are thinking about a lot or are trying to, they need, they want to learn how to think about it properly. Right. And then, as I've heard some people say, this month of June has seemed like the most prideiest of pride months. Mm-hmm. Ever. And I think we'll be able to say that every year from here on out. Yes. It's going to continue to probably grow. Right. You even, I mean, I guess I remember last year, I don't know how many years back, but all of a sudden you would start going into stores, mm-hmm. okay, like Target or whatever, and you right. would see pride sections and right. um, different things. So it's very prevalent. Yeah. And you think about, too, like um, how much these businesses are using Pride mm-hmm. Month as just another just, opportunity for advertising. This is capitalism 101. Yeah. Yep. In other words, they don't even really, they're probably not even buying into it, but because it's June, it's in our culture, we have to do it and let's capitalize on it and right. make, make money, money off it. Yeah. So we're, n- we're not talking about Pride Month as a whole, but specifically the trans issue mm-hmm. of Pride Month, the T and the LGBTQ plus uh, thing, because that's I think that's the predominant issue at hand in our culture that Christians are really, we're really uh, being forced to respond to. Mm-hmm. And that's what gender ideology does is it really is deals with that. So we're going to just touch on a couple things that we found helpful from that book. And then we're going to talk about one other book that people might be interested in. Do you want to start us off with uh, gender ideologies, just things that you found helpful from it? Uh, well, yeah, a few things. First of all, it's super easy to read. So that makes it a good recommendation because for people that don't have a lot of time and just want, um, you know, really the basics. uh, And I'll talk about what some of those things like it's helpful to understand are. But um, it's, let's see, 125-ish pages. They're very easy to read. And given a good exposure of what is mm-hmm. what is happening, not mm-hmm. just in the United States, but in Europe mm-hmm. and some other places too, as far as this idea of gender ideology and 
and the title says it all, what do Christians need to right. know? So it's a very clear and concise synopsis of it. So if they haven't, if people haven't read it, they should really get to check it out. That's a good first stop. Yep. And then your book, we'll talk more about this, but your book is? Strange New World by mm-hmm. Carl Truman. Right. We'll talk more about this in a minute. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, get to that. Okay, so um, I think one of the things that made this book very helpful is the definition of terms. Yes. Um, talking about what is gender theory, what is gender identity, those kinds of things. The conflation of gender and sex. Right. right? Like that's a that's a big one, right? That, that it, They're not the same things, although we're trying to use them in the same ways. Right. So when we're talking about this, we're not necessarily talking about gay or or bisexual people or lesbians or whatever. Right. So like you said, we're talking about the issue of gender here. Mm-hmm. Gender fluidity, which is a term, which mm-hmm. means you can change your gender. Right. That is the idea. Right. right. That's the idea. So it's fluid. It's not something that is fixed. fixed. And sex is speaking to a fixed reality. Mm-hmm. Biology, I am male, I am fe- female, and gender is, no, it's a spectrum. Right. You can land anywhere on the spectrum. Yep. Which, I'll just add to that, If and you probably saw this, because we both have watched the documentary, What is a Woman? Uh, and I would recommend that with some caveats. Don't watch it with children. It is disturbing at times. There's some, because of the subject nature, mm-hmm. uh, not good things in it. But Jordan Peterson, did you catch what he talked about the spec, uh, the the temperaments? I didn't because I'm only halfway through and I stopped oh. because I was going to watch the rest of my fa- all of it with my family. Okay, Friday well, this night. I thought was a really helpful thing because he said mm-hmm. if you think about uh, male and female, you have different temperaments within. So some women are more temperamentally masculine, some men are more temperamentally female or feminine. That doesn't make them. It um, uh, doesn't make the man a woman or the woman a man. Right. It's just in terms of temperament that that's how they are. Right. I thought that that's a pretty helpful uh, definition. I thought. Yeah, I think even in this book, gender ideology, she touches on that at the end, like oh, okay. uh, the idea that don't, um, like there are girls who don't want to wear dresses and right. want to, you know, do. Yes. Sp- sports or whatever and and vice versa where where there are boys who aren't like the traditional mm-hmm. masculine stereotype right and i guess she's just trying to say in that idea that we don't jump to the conclusion that they're a boy or yes. a girl or what you know right. the opposite right gender or whatever so but if we were to just back up with this book and thinking about even the helpfulness of it just trying to wrap your mind around a gender identity and it's honest, or, or it's uh, that theory that that basically our gender identity, what we identify as in our gender, is different than our biological sex. So um, you can f- you can be a biological male or female, though even this is all changing a little bit. Like even mm-hmm. what is a what is biological male or female right. or whatever. But at any rate. Um, you can, if you feel different than what you were assigned at birth, right. that's their terminology, Right. then you can change that. Right. So gender identity and sex, in the original discussion mm-hmm. among the LGBTQ community was, is there's a distinction there. It's biological sex, at least it used to be, they would, they would acknowledge that's scientific. Right. That's biology. Right. And then, but your gender is whatever you feel. Right. Right. And 
the well the point that Carl Truman will bring out is that it used to say we would bring our our thinking in line with the biological reality. Mm-hmm. Now we bring our biological reality in line with our thinking or attempt to. Yep. That's what's happening. Because gender dysphoria was the was the mental, mental illness, illness. Yep. that the, the person really believed they were the opposite right. gender. So the goal then of psychiatrists was was to align the mind back with, with, with the, the body, body. with yep. the reality of right. things. Right. And um, that, of course, has all changed. Now they try to align the body up with the what they feel, and they have the technology to do it, or... To a degree. To a degree. They can they right. can try to make the person look like the opposite right. gender. Right. Um, key things with this, uh, and I hit on it earlier, like what she's what she's talking about here, though, is the idea that the person's feelings then become the authority mm. and the reality. Right. Truman's going to make the same point. Yeah. So it's like whatever I feel, that's the reality. Mm-hmm. And the problem with the LGBTQ plus community, uh, community now is that they they won't let you any longer just tolerate them pretending to be the opposite gender. You have to affirm them in it. Right. This is why it's becoming so dangerous and so problematic. If you don't actually affirm it and say, yes, you are mm-hmm. a woman, even though this was a biological man or vice versa, then you're transphobic. Mm-hmm. So they actually have language now to describe your... Um, immoral response to them mm-hmm. your wrong response to them mm-hmm. in in not affirming it right but they're because their feelings now and that like you said truman talks a lot about that the feelings now become the authority right the standard of well truth but they're uncomfortable with the word truth generally right. but but right. their standard of reality are is is their own personal feelings um so um, that that's very important for Christians to understand. I mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. identifying those two things what 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 are they actually saying with gender in these uh, gender theories and this gender fluidity, and then in addition to that, understanding the core problem is we're basing everything on the feelings of the individual right. on what they are. Okay, yeah. so so I think it's helpful in doing that. It has a whole section on what is gender theory. Um, and the, and the four key claims of gender theory, uh, binary is bad, Mm. right? So saying that there are just two genders, that's bad. Gender is a spectrum and you can be, and there's, so there's more than just two, there's more than boys and girls and feeling the opposite. There's a whole spectrum you can choose from and that's growing all the time. Right. Uh, the idea of being a boy or a girl, a man or a woman, are just social constructs. Mm-hmm. These are things we've invented right. as society. That's what they're saying. And, yep. And the ultimate goal would be to get rid of these things. Right. Which would be, then, and then you always have to ask, then what would be a transgender man? Or what would be a transgender woman? If we've gotten right. rid of all those concepts. Right. But they're not, it, honestly, and I'm not trying to be mean, but they're not, they're not thinking enough. Mm-hmm. I guess if you would put it that way, to actually figure out what that would look like. Right. Well, okay, so here's also part of this with the 
when we view these societal constructs, this is where the whole Marxism conversation comes in. And I'll touch on that in just a minute. But that's the point, like, is to tear down these societal structures that they see because they're uh, not allowing the free expression of individuals. All right. Yep. So, yeah, because you have to break all that down if you're going to rebuild. Exactly. You can't just reform. you got to destroy the whole thing and then rebuild. So those three um, false claims of gender theory and the fourth, we all have a gender identity which may be different from our biological sex. And so, you know, each one of those uh, she goes through in here. um, And then she gets into uh, what we can probably talk about in a minute Mm -hmm. uh, as you, Mm -hmm. after you're done talking a little bit about um, Strange New World. But she gets into the male and female concept of design by God um, and uh, talks about that. And then really what is helpful in this book is almost half of it is devoted to the intentional um, in both Europe and the United States, but that intentional indoctrination of transgender theory to Mm. children Mm. and how, I mean, really Christian parents need to be aware of this. You've got to be aware of this. If you put your kids in a public school now, Mm. you have to know that, you know, maybe in some places like in Grand Junction, they're, 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 you know, staving off right now this uh, full-fledged, Yeah. you know, it's not like what you would probably get in the heart of San Francisco right, in a public right, school, right. but your kids are still going to be indoctrinated with these things. And it's even more than that now, as we're seeing with Disney, mm-hmm. Pixar movies, mm-hmm. latest one being um, Lightyear. Lightyear, the Toy Story spinoff. Right. Now, thankfully, and I've been so glad to see this, and we talked about this earlier, right. um, that it's bombing at the box right. office. right. right. And in the theory is it's bombing because they put out that they have a two two girls and they're kissing right. or two women or whatever it is. I haven't seen it. And um, and it's like f- far below the expectations mm-hmm. of even what um, it should Toy be. Story four was right, a right. handful of years ago, which is a good thing, because I think there's, you know, in a way that's positive. We're mm-hmm. seeing that there's enough parents out there, probably so, not just Christians, but just parents. Right who are saying, I'm tired of this mm-hmm. indoctrination mm-hmm. into our kids mm-hmm. and I'm not going to take my kids to support this. Right. And which makes them technically, by definition, homophobic mm-hmm. by the LGBTQ <laughs> yeah. plus or transphobic or whatever. Right. But but nonetheless, the agenda is there. And when Chris Evans, I think he's the actor mm-hmm. in this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's also played Captain America. Mm-hmm. When he was asked about that, mm-hmm. He said, this is stupid that people are even worried about this. Right. And he said, the goal is that one day we won't even be having this conversation. It'll just be the norm. Right. So we have to understand that there is an agenda in Hollywood to get it to where, you know, when our kids grow up and or grandkids or whatever. Right. This is just the norm. It's the norm. Yep. They'll go see movies with transgender right. heroes and... and right. Um, and Marvel just put out, uh, I don't know if it's a new character they have now or whatever. I didn't research it enough, but it's two men. The superhero is kissing another man. That's the cover of the wow. comic. And, um, you know, I saw that on a couple of feeds on Instagram of, of celebrating it. You know, some of the, you know, Marvel put it mm-hmm. out. They're celebrating or whatever. So there's an agenda. And, um, you know, she's trying to show how this is going on. And this is already a number of years old. Right, already. 
Yeah. And we were talking about how quickly it's progressed in the last right. few years. So, because so, I think actually the next issue is going to be like transhumanism, right? Why can't if if I if I'm free to change my gender between man and woman, mm-hmm. uh, why can't I be a, a animal? Right. Right. That I, that's kind of where this is going. Mm-hmm. And and so this is actually a really good segue into Strange New World, unless you had anything else to say. No, nope, I'd okay. say start talking about that. Um, so Strange New World, I would recommend to folks, uh, if you want to read something a little bit bigger than um, than uh, gender ideology, but yet still very accessible, this is actually a, a condensed version, in a way, of another book that Carl Truman wrote, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self. And really his whole premise is kind of building off of what uh, Sharon James brought out, um, that we can see that the transgender movement, the LGBTQ+, um, and, and a lot of other ideologies in our world today, all is an outgrowth of the notion that one is free to fix their own identity for themselves. Right? You are, you have ultimate determination and you can make yourself out to be whatever you want. And so that's where I, I, I think like, hey, the next issue is transhumanism. Why should I just be able to f- confine myself to just being a person? I want to be a dolphin too, right? And just as the reality of biology hasn't stopped people from uh, thinking that in regards to uh, male-female, why would it stop them in regards to animals? Okay, uh, and so he he really talks about this notion of the self. He makes this statement. I'm going to read a number, uh, a couple of quotes from him because I think they're it's helpful, and he says it more clearly than I. Uh, he says, "It is my conviction that there is something that helps to unify the changes we are witnessing." So he's talking about the rise of the LGBTQ plus movement. He says, "This is the notion of the self. Self refers to the deeper notion of where the real me is to be found." how that shapes my view of life and in what fulfillment or happiness of the real me consists. In short, the modern self is, is where authenticity is achieved by acting outwardly in accordance with one's inward feelings, right? So if you really want to be a true authentic person, uh, you act with how you, how you feel. Um, and of course, like, I mean, throughout history, the goal of like parents and the church society was to actually kind of, hold those things back because it's not good for people to do that. So anyway, we, we live in a time and a place where this is now celebrated, right? That that's why it's called pride month. Um, he spends a lot of time fleshing out even more so than the other book does the philosophical underpinnings that lay the groundwork for what we're seeing today. This hasn't come out of a vacuum. He spends a lot of time, um, on the, the philosophical developments of guys like Descartes, Remember, he was the one that said, I think, therefore I am. And uh, Rousseau, if you ever have read any philosophy, you've read some of these guys. I remember the first time I read them, I was like, this is horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Just not my favorite kind of reading. But anyway, and then he talks about how that was built on by guys like Marx, Karl Marx, of course, the Marxist, uh, and Friedrich Nietzsche. Uh, Nietzsche made that statement, of course, God is dead. And both of these guys, their goal was to... They saw religion, morality, and the government as essentially things to uh, suppress people, right? That these are constructs put in place by powerful people to hold them down, to keep them from really uh, 
you know, expressing themselves. So that's why Marx, right? We need to give power and communism, give power to the working class so they overthrow uh, the people in power, and then therefore we'll have a just and equitable society, right? So he says, uh, this is Carl Truman again, talking about Marx and Nietzsche. He says, for Marx, morality is historically conditioned and designed to justify and maintain current, what we would consider unjust, economic structures of society. For Nietzsche, morality is a fiction invented by one group to denigrate and subordinate another. For both, moral codes are thus manipulative and must be transgressed to find true freedom. So that's if you think about when we say, no, there are there is a reality of sexuality, male, female, and they're saying, well, but if you're you feel different than that, just throw that off. Okay, so that's why we need to overthrow society. And so we can really see how that thinking of let's see what Marx and Nietzsche or the uh, 19th century, you know, their thinking has is really infused every facet of American uh, life today, and the rise of even Marxism seen in a positive light in not only the LGBTQ plus movement but even things like the BLM movement, uh, those are viewed in uh, oftentimes as positive because they're trying to overthrow the uh, values of Western civilization, which are based on Judeo-Christian philosophy or values, right? And those things are inherently saying that this free expression of oneself is not the best for the flourishing of mankind. So therefore we need to tear them down. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and then he, he takes all of this in the philosophical underpinnings. He connects to Freud. Of course, Freud is most famous for um, his really diabolical uh, teaching on sex. Um, and But basically the point is that sexuality is where one is most freely able to express themselves. And this means then that you can express yourself any way with whoever you want. Uh, so again, Truman says, the point is clear. Sexual codes must be shattered if human beings are to be truly free. Those things that inhibit the free sexual expression, even of young children, are oppressive and prevent individuals from truly being themselves. And, uh, so there, well, I think that, um, and then gender ideology, she touches on like those guys like, uh, John Mooney, right. And, uh, just people that did absolutely horrible things to children in the name of science, but they're, it's very disturbing. Um, and then I think what Truman actually, I found most helpful in his book is when he talks about why we're seeing what we're seeing now. So we have all of these philosophical underpinnings. This thinking has been around, but it's never really taken root. And why is that? And he, he uses this term that we live now in a plastic world. That is that, that we are able to shape things f how we want. Uh, and, and so two things have kind of brought about the rise of this. One, the lack of fixedness in the world. And if you think about, and he illustrates this point, like if you grew up in the 14th century, your life was pretty well defined what you were going to be. You were probably going to be in an agrarian uh, family. You'd grow up to be a farmer. You'd live in the same community. Your wife would probably be picked for you, and you'd go to the Roman Catholic Church if you're in England or whatever. And uh, and then you'd die, and that was it. That was life. Well, now, like, uh, you know, we ask children all the time, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they say everything under the sun because, you know, a lot of ways that's all open to them, right? We, the technology and advances like that are, are good in a sense that, that 
there is a more opportunities. People are able to do different things, but that's also allowed. Uh, it, it has has taken away some of those things that rooted and grounded us. The other thing is is the technology aspect. We can now do things that we had not been able to do before. So, whereas we can to we talked about this earlier to a certain degree, uh, technologically try to bring our bodies into line with what our minds are thinking, right? We haven't been able to do that. And so these things kind of combine uh, together. And then also we have the collapse of institutional structures uh, like the nation, uh, family, religion. All of this contributes. So we have this growing idea of what a person is that I can conceive of myself in any way. And then we have the the falling apart of things that were f- key uh, for a healthy functioning society like the nation, state, family, and religion. So those are the things that I think from Strange New World are are the most helpful in explaining or were, were helpful for me, and I think people would be helped in, in reading it. Yeah, it's also available on Audible, which is yeah. how I listen to it. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's helpful. So why, I think what what we should transition to now yeah. in is saying, why do we need to talk about these right. things? And, um, and I think it's important because it's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And if anybody in our culture and society is going to have the truth and mm-hmm. the answers, it should be the church. Right. And that's because we have the Bible. And these right. you don't have to be a Bible scholar to nope. see very clearly from the first two pages of your Bible that um, this is a complete rebellion against God's created order. He created man, a male and female in his own image. And so I think this, what, what we have to understand is that sets God apart as the, uh, the authority, right? Yep. And that we need then to allow God, not our feelings, to define who we are. Right. Uh, in all these areas. So yes. what is about right from the beginning? You're either a man or a woman. Right. Well, you're a human being. Right. You're made in the image of God. Right. You're either male or female. Right. Right. And then, and then you're a sinner. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. By chapter exactly. three and you need a savior. And then when we get in the new Testament, you look at, uh, Christ and you're in Christ now. And then God defines you as one of his children and, uh, lays out his will for your life in his commands. And so, I mean, Letting God be God over us, I mm-hmm. think, is so important. And Christians have to just really stand on this. We can't cave. Right. And you hear too many stories of churches. Of course, you've got the main ideas of churches uh, caving in denominationally, doctrinally. They just say, you know, we're going to affirm the mm-hmm. LGBTQ plus community. We're going to ordain uh, that. But I think more common mm-hmm. in uh, conservative circles is more of a just a refusal to condemn it, hmm. you know? So it's it's not necessarily they're coming out and saying it's okay to be gay or homosexual. Mm-hmm. They just won't condemn it. Mm-hmm. And again, because their their biggest fear is to hurt a person's feelings. And if they hurt the person's feelings, then the person will never get saved. Well, that's just bad theology. Right. And remember, you know, just what we talked about Sunday at church is the spirit convicts a person of sin. Right. The person will then, by the spirit's, enablement turn to Christ and but if the church isn't promoting the sin or preaching the sin not promoting preaching the (laughs) sin I'm not going to promote sin but preach the sin then we're not cooperating with the spirit right Um, and so I think that it's very important for us and for parents to be aware Christian parents Mm -hmm. so you can make decisions Mm -hmm. on what you're going to let your kids participate in watch 
schools, those kinds of things. Be proactive in these things with your children, recognizing they're going to be inundated with it. Yep. So you got to be, be thinking ahead. Uh, I think, uh, with this too, because some people would, would, and we should probably, even before we, we'll get to what the Bible says about this in just a minute. People would say a conversation like this and, it does sound like hateful, right? Mm-hmm. That would be, we would be charged right now probably with hate speech uh, by some people just because we're saying this is wrong. We don't agree with it. We want to evaluate it and think about it from a biblical um, perspective. Uh, we're, we're, we're not hating on people. We just, we want to clearly express what God's word says. Right. And kind, you know, being kind and being loving would mean you would say the truth. Right. And uh, actually, like what we've talked about, we were talking about this earlier, having compassion for people. I mean, right. You see it, it's sad. Right. It's angering. Right. It's frustrating. Right. But it's also sad. And um, so... It is a misguided notion of love yep. that that looks and sees somebody doing the wrong thing mm-hmm. and just says, that's okay. Right. Like if if we actually love people and actually care about uh people we will address this right and so that's what we want to do and we want to help our church think through it Mm -hmm. so we've kind of talked about the issue in the culture talked about these two books and what they're doing we should think about what then is the christian response Mm -hmm. what are we going to do yeah well i think we've touched on that a little bit which is speak truth about it yep promote it in our own church because remember we're the light Mm -hmm. um and we're just supposed to shine his light. We're also the salt that's going to slow down the um, spread. spread, right? Yeah. And so I would say do things like don't go see Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> <laughs> you knew it, you know it was put right. in there for a purposeful agenda. Right. You know what Disney's agenda is. Right. They've made that clear. How, do, how is that helping? That's helping by that not performing at the box office and the, then maybe in the next one they won't put it in there. Mm-hmm. And that is us being salt and slowing that, um, what do you call that, when meat decaying. The, the decay. Decaying, yeah, yeah. Pre- you know. There's so a preserving Preserving effect. effect that we're supposed to have. And be familiar, though, with, I because, get to the point where you look in Genesis 1, see the creation, mm-hmm. Genesis 2, the first marriage, mm-hmm. Ephesians um, five. five and the concept of marriage, First Peter three, celebrate good God's good mm-hmm. design. Mm-hmm. Like get to the point where you delight in it, mm-hmm. and and then work that out in your own your own right. family, your own yourself, and then your own family. Right. So that, like we said earlier too, as we were talking about this, you know, you could s- say that uh, homosexuality is wrong, but then you your marriage is a mess, you mm-hmm. know, or whatever. It's mm-hmm. not a good testimony. It doesn't right. mean you still wouldn't say homosexuality is wrong because you right. would. But when your own marriage is a mess, it, it doesn't reflect God's good design. So I think we need to be people who are pursuing the reflection of God's good right. design in our own marriages and families and raising our kids to to know uh, what a what a boy and a girl is mm-hmm. and what God's design for the, for the sexes is. is. I think like with that, so because what what you're saying really is you understand what the Bible teaches and you wholeheartedly embrace it and you wholeheartedly proclaim it. Right. And so you understand what it means to be an image bearer of God and how that's reflected in male and female. Here's the, I think the thing where maybe people get confused or discouraged. 
you will hold that and people will hate you for it, Mm -hmm. right? That doesn't mean you don't hold it. You hold faster to it. You know this is the ultimate answer. And, and, And people, and even if you can make wonderful, winsome arguments from the scripture, like, the logicalness, all of this different kinds of, that's not going to ultimately persuade people. Right. right. And so ultimately it's a confidence in the word of God. And this goes to Romans one. What is the gospel? It is the power of God unto salvation. What is going to change anybody's mind or the culture in the regards to transgenderism and LGBTQ plus issues? It's the power of God in the gospel. Right. right. And so the same thing, like we boldly proclaim, this is God's good design. This is, um, we're going to stand against transgenderism uh, and it's being like propagated to young children because that's harmful. It's not good for their flourishing. It destroys the image of God. Um, and at the same time, recognize that ultimately it is the spirit of God that will bring about change and conviction in people. And we're going to be faithful to proclaim it, even though people aren't going to like it. Yeah. I think that we got to understand that. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing too, and this is, this is a conviction that, that you have to, you have to hold as well is that you understand that the Bible's design is best and that people's, uh, what sounds right, that people are able to express for themselves their own freedom to be whatever they want. And that's going to make them happy that it's really not going to make them happy. Right. Uh, you know, my children would love to eat candy all day long. They think that would make them happy, but I know it won't. I know it'll make them sick. So I don't let them do that. Um, and I would speak out against it. So the same thing in this way, it sounds noble to say to a person who has gender dysphoria or is caught up in this movement to say, yeah, okay, why don't you just act out on those things if that'll truly make you feel better, right? Or, uh, love is love. Who cares who I love? Why do you care? Well, because ultimately it's not for your best. It's not for your, for the flourishing of people, right? It's destructive. So we would speak out against it. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Last thing that we'll talk about, uh, and, and may, I don't think we, well, maybe this is just kind of wrapping it up. So I'll, I'll just say this and be everything else for Christians. I do think we need to cultivate a heart of compassion towards one, those who are genuinely experiencing gender dysphoria, right? That there's, there's a mental thing that happens there. And so we should be compassionate. Secondly, you show compassion to those who are caught in this pattern of sin that leads to real damage. Think about all sin causes damage. This particular sin has, especially if a, a person goes through with like all the surgeries and stuff, just physical consequences for the rest of their life. And like Jesus, we have a heart of compassion towards people who are caught in sin. So rather than being infuriated, watching Fox News at the most latest thing, like seek to cultivate a heart of compassion not disgust, but compassion. And then again, and we've already talked about this, but I think it's important to reiterate, understand that you will be hated for anything but total capitulation and agreement with mm-hmm. this ideology. So don't capitulate at all. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, the tendency. People well-meaning will, will say things like, uh, or they'll capitulate, capitulate in little ways, but that's never enough. And so don't be surprised the world hates you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Jesus promised that. That's right. Good. Any, any other thoughts? No. No. You're out of thoughts. My thoughts have expired. Expired. Well, we hope this conversation has been helpful and people uh, have been given some things to think about, some resources to look at. Our goal is to help the people of Calvary 
Bible Church, follow Christ by becoming better readers and students of the Bible and by better evaluators of the culture. If you're not a part of our church, our hope and prayer is this conversation will help you love the scriptures more and serve your local church better. We'd love to hear from our listeners, get feedback on what we've discussed. So you can also email us topics if you got something else that you want to uh, want us to talk about or you just have questions about what we've already discussed. You can email us at thecalvarycast at gmail.com. If the podcast has been helpful, leave a rating, a review, or both. Share the podcast with others who you think would be benefited by what we do. In Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of his people, and the Great Commission. Until next time.